stop squirming. You're not getting away anytime soon. Just sit there and listen. You're on terrace. You probably know it better as the land of the never-ending war. You remember it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the continent with the valleys to the south and the mountains to the north. With the great divide running uh, east and west, mm-hmm. separating the two. Yeah, thought you might. Kind of funny to think how much your companions changed. You remember them too, I'm assuming. Yeah, Maury, Dalton. My, how they've changed. Really interesting to see them grow. They're alright without you. Bet you never thought you'd hear that, did you? <laughs> how much do you remember? I'm assuming not much. I'm leaving the gag on. So, you can just sit there. Let me recount what's all transpired. You met up with them on Tempest. You were hired by the Underhill Collective. You know, the ones to the north. They um, hired you to uh, go infiltrate a uh, fortress took you through their mountains down the railway line where they sent you across that land basically a suicide mission is what I'd call it but you did it you were successful clearing out the entire fortress from the people of the field congratulations on that victory by the way but you guys still needed a job and now being unhirable by the people of the field you um, turned back to Terrace, and well, they reassigned you to guard duty in the mountains. They had you guarding their prisoners of war that were mining the uh, the elements or the ore of the mountains. Well, your shift was kind of boring, at least from what I was told. You guys were getting kind of antsy, ready to get on the front lines, but uh. Lucky for y'all, the people of the field had uh, some terrorists on the inside. They set off an explosion that uh, destroyed the railway line. You chased them down the caves and were able to kill two of them. But uh, Greg, you know, the archer and his blink dog both got away. You were never able to get revenge on that dog. Sorry for that, buddy. After bringing back proof of you guys killing the intruders, you got your wish to be on the front lines. They told you to report to your contact in the Tempest. You made your way there, where he was in the uneaten tavern. Well, this mild-mannered tavern keeper had a mental breakdown, and he started killing didn't matter who. It brought in the authorities. Tempest was run by wizards who could summon dragons to their aid. Well, the barkeeper got a lucky shot off. Ended up hitting one of the wizards, freeing his dragon. That dragon burned up another wizard, freeing his, and so on and so forth. The city was destroyed. You and your compatriots barely made it out alive. Now the city of Tempest 
was in ruins and ripe for the picking. You see, Tempest was a neutral city, allowing both sides to coexist at the same time, though very strained, it exists. That was now gone. It was a key part of what comes next. You see, there are two ways across the divide. Either go through it, or go over the Tempest Bridge. That's what you did. You helped the Underhill Collective march across that bridge. You picked yourself up, and you guys moved on. You fought three bloody long days on that bridge, but were ultimately victorious. Once making it to the other side, well, Mari had a visit from her deity, the goddess of life, Leora. She told her not to revel in death, but to help people find the other side, because death is just a part of life. It is not our decision to pick and choose, she said. Funny. It's really funny to see what happens next with her. Dalton, well, he started looting. It's kind of what he does sometimes. I think he found something he didn't, uh, didn't mean to find. A picture of a young elven woman written to her love in the, in the army of the people of the field. After this, you guys made your way to Grasshaven, where you ran into, well, an interesting little, uh, <laughs> little barkeeper. His name was Vlad. He pointed you in the direction of a werewolf. At about that time, the Underhill Collective decided to, uh, make Grasshaven their own, you could say. An un violent occupation, but a peaceful one at that. And they offered a reward to kill this werewolf and any people you might be working with. So you guys set up a trap on one of the farms that you heard might be the next target. Well, you found gnolls. You killed most of them, but uh, one of them got away. You tracked him down to some ruins of a some outpost, or, uh, some tomb, kind of unclear and a little fuzzy, but, uh, when you got there, that's when you ran into following a gnome that you met, and, uh, Cheeto, a tabaxi, both had remarkable skills, and seemed to be ready to fight some werewolves. You guys ventured down into this forgotten place and found some pentagrams on the walls of what seemed to be of a sun rising over a hill. The sun seemed to be painted blood or at least something red. 
But before you could get any good discovery on it, you uh, heard some uh, talking down the hall. You went to discover and found a small fortress built inside across the river. It was a hobgoblin talking to a werewolf. The werewolf seemed to have guards of gnolls and goblins by his side. You guys rushed in immediately. You went straight for the hobgoblin, but uh, he seemed more formidable than what you were expecting. He ended up taking one of the boats and heading down the river. The goblins started shooting arrows at you. You guys couldn't get back to him, blocked by the gnolls and the werewolf. It was a brutal fight, and you were not very well equipped to fight a werewolf, unfortunately. The werewolf was tearing you to shreds, and then with one well-placed arrow by one of the goblins, you fell. Your companions quickly dispatched the rest of the assailants, except for one, the goblin that shot you. He seemed to start trying to help you back up and get you back on your feet. But it was already too late. You were gone. Your companions started to talk about what they should do with this goblin. Torture him. Kill him. But, uh... This goblin offered them magical items. Healing potions. And even a map of, uh, The area. Their battle plan, I guess you could call it. They found this goblin amusing. Even taking him along, giving him a name. Snitch. <laughs> what little green ingrate. They picked themselves up, moved on. Went back to Grasshaven to collect a reward. Or no reward was sitting there waiting for him. But there was a red dragonborn waiting for him. He was tired of the small life. He wanted to do something bigger, get back to what he was looking for. Some fancy smanchy sword or something like that, and I don't know. He feels like we could have helped find it with their assistance. But without any clear direction, they uh, were at a loss. They were offered a, offered a deal with one of the locals to join a rebellion against the uh, Underhill Collective, but turned it down. Following offered them uh, a place with a man named Dr. Travis. He seems to collect monster hunters. And he thought they could be of use. So he took him to Dr. Travis's place of business in the City of Silence. <laughs> now that city's got some history, but that's for another time. On upon arrival, Following and Cheeto were sent away for a another operation, but Travis wanted to test them, and he knew that there were some, uh, problems going down in one of the buildings in the City of Silence. So he gave them a friend named, uh, Ply, I believe it was, a changeling. Said, uh, he was looking for a job too, and didn't want him to go alone for how dangerous it could be. The building in question was a theater haunted by some strange entity. Little did they know that it was a banshee keeping that place company and killing the workers trying to rebuild it. But this wasn't any ordinary banshee. 
This was a little girl. She's always wanted to perform for her father. But on the day of her performance, she was tragically killed by an attack on the City of Silence. So she was forever locked there, forced to keep living in this place with no idea that she was dead. You see, she's not undead like most people think ghosts are or banshees are. She was living dead. A purpose not yet completely fulfilled. So they started investigating, unsure of what they were looking for. But they ended up finding this little girl, not in her banshee form, but but in her human form. They uh, enlisted her assistance to try and figure out where these problems were coming from. But uh, they were short out of luck. So Mari did the one thing she thought would be best. And that was to, well, put her soul to rest permanently. <laughs> That's not how that works with living dead. She should have known better. Being a life cleric and all that. Luckily, they were able to come back down the banshee to her girl form. They were able to start talking to her and how excited she was. And all she wanted was to have her father see her dance. To see her perform on the stage. Finally figuring out that her father was the blacksmith of the town, they went to go grab him. Brought him to the building. Dalton. Sweet innocent Dalton. Comforted this little girl. Refused to even attack her. Even while she attacked his friends. Once when the blacksmith got there, the performance began. A chorus of unseen and unknown performers came out of nowhere. And ghost-like forms began singing and dancing on the stage with his little girl, the center of attention, putting this banshee to rest. With the end of the uh, banshee in the theater over, they hung out at Dr. Travis's for a couple days till they got word of what their next assignment would be. Then, Grasshaven. <coughs> Grasshaven fell to the rising races people that Snitch used to work for. Refugees started flooding in, hoping that Dr. Travis could help them out. Well, he did. He sent them Kale, Mare, Dalton, and Pi to go figure out what exactly happened. They made the journey back to Grasshaven. When they finally made it there, they saw the destruction that was before them dead bodies of Underhill Collective, of citizens, and even of some soldiers of the Rising Races. The buildings were on fire, and there were tracks that seemed to be draconic in nature. They explored the ruins, finding a hilt to a sword that seemed to take a great interest in Kale. But before he got to examine it, a wyvern came down and struck him to the ground, knocking him unconscious. The memory of 
you die. Force the other two into action. Quickly end in this wyvern's life. They wrote the message back to Dr. Travis on their magical piece of parchment. Did in a quick answer and response saying they needed to head to Ember Falls to meet up with, uh, what was that boy's name again? Flynn, I believe it was. Yeah, Flynn. <laughs> Upon their journey there, they met up with the Underhill Collective and got to be part of the convoy there, giving them safe passage through the land with no harm or attacks of any, uh, misdeeds. But Kale was curious about this sword. Now unwrapping it from the parchment it was put in, he touched it. He put unconscious for just a few minutes. I'm not sure what happened in there, but that's none of my business and I frankly don't care. <laughs> when they finally arrived at Ember Falls after the long journey across the continent, they uh, found the smoldering tankard, the place where Flynn is the operator and owner of. They were sent there to talk to him and figure out why Ember Falls wasn't fully destroyed like Grasshaven or even the City of Silence was back in the day. Well, Flynn didn't want to talk about it. He went to the back room, but Platt had a hunch that he was hiding something, so him and Snitch followed him down there, trying to figure out what exactly went on. When they saw him head down to a lower cellar, they waited a few moments before heading down. Inside the cellar was a strange looking individual. This turned out to be Desir Dustrin. Ply being not quite knowledgeable about dangerous things inside cellars decided to free this individual. He took him hostage, taking him back upstairs. His friends, Kel, Mare, and Dalton, didn't take very kindly to this uh, new accompaniment and how he says hello. After a brief, um, what's the word for it? Uh, kerfuffle, I think is the word that uh, Snitch used. They uh, made nice season, found out that Flynn wasn't everything he claimed to be. They tracked him back down into the sewers of the city where he had a meeting. A meeting with multiple hobgoblins. Alerted to their presence, they had to jump into action and defeat them. They were able to make the hobgoblins retreat and take Flynn hostage. They were able to question him, figure out how he survived. He made a deal with the rising races. He sends the adventurers that Travis sends after him, guessing that's how they got Driz. But they found out a vampire was leading them to victory. But he also told them that those hobgoblins that escaped were coming back very, very soon. Told them even within the night they would return to finish what they started with the city many years ago. Luckily, by your adventuring buddies and some quick thinking, they were able to throw up some illusions to get the people to run. Mari took Flynn up top, slitting his wrists, leaving him there to die. 
Kale had a better way, at least that's what he thought, to end Flynn. Blowing him up with some of that shiny moon that Flynn loved to sell. Snitch. Apparently Snitch knew Flynn and saved him before the explosion. They left Ember Falls as a white dragon started to freeze it over and they saw this giant army swarm in. They watched the destruction of this city from the top of a hill. And then... Jesse, we have a lead. You need to come now. Sorry, friend. We'll have to finish this another time. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Natural Ones Prologue. This is a campaign that me and my friends have been playing for for a little over a year now. I just wanted to give you a little bit of backstory to know what's kind of going on, and especially with things that'll pop up later. They don't recount all the little details to each individual character, or even Ian's first character's original name. Keeping that a secret from y'all, and even some of the party members, and even Ian himself, considering he forgot his own name. But me, as the dungeon master, was noticing I was taking up a lot of time preparing each session. So I decided to start this podcast. For one, us as players, just to remember all the good times so that way they're not just memories, but there's something we can look back on to a good story that was hopefully told. And also, I could share it with the world, feeling like I had an ability to tell stories, but not really a good way to put into a format and tell this. This is something fun that we do just to meet around the table and get to be friends and hang out and, guess, roll dice. And we invite you to join us on any further adventures. So without further ado, let the journey begin.